Right, deep breath. Firstly, are you okay? Hello and welcome to The Trawl, where we scroll through social media so you don't have to. I'm Gemma Forte. And I'm Marina Perkis. And this week... Rishi Sunak has managed to garner plenty of headlines, not for decent policy or leadership ofs, but for standing behind a stop the boats podium for the 900th time to flog his policy, which doesn't stop the boats at all, whilst wearing a pair of boots over his tiny little trousers, which frankly would look more at home on a member of One Direction. Mm. Eugene at Eugene H84 shared a picture of Sunak and wrote, Any questions? Hands go up. That aren't about the boots. Hands go down. (laughs) It's proper stop the boots. It really, really (laughs) is. And it's sort of just an interesting choice of footwear. I don't know what inspired it. The actor Robert Lindsay shared the picture of Sunak with his boy band boots on with the caption, immigration is a far bigger problem than a pathetic empty slogan. What about stop the wars, stop the racism, stop the abuse, stop the climate change, stop the ignorance, stop the criminals, stop the bill, stop wearing big boots you can't fill? Mm, Exactly. But boots aside, let's look at what our diminutive Lego Elvis. Yeah, thanks for that, Russ in Cheshire. That feels like that one's going to run and run and run. Anyway, let's see what he was saying. So basically, Sunak started a boast which Stephen Kinnock, the shadow immigration minister, refuted entirely on Sky News. So here they both are in this clip shared by Farouk at Implausible Blog. In the five months since I launched the plan, crossings are now down 20% compared to last year. That's right. Crossings are down 20%. The uh, reduction is due to a very unseasonable uh, conditions in the channel during the month of May. Um, so I don't think a, an asylum strategy based on the weather is a particularly sustainable strategy. Yep, good for Stephen Kinnock. I mean, firstly, how robotic was Sunak at the beginning of that? And thank mm. you, Stephen Kinnock. This is the problem. They all need fact-checking, and it's just so irritating that they get away with it at the time because what Sunak is saying is bullshit, really. And also, what a coincidence, he had chosen our Prime Minister a very windy day to have the conference, because obviously it wouldn't have made for a very good backdrop, would it, to see poor people struggling onto the beach at the same time. And Adam Bienkoff, the byline political editor, tweeted that an ITV journalist had apparently asked Sunak the following. It's been an exceptionally windy day in the channel for several days now, meaning there have been hardly any small boat crossings. Is that why you've chosen to come here today? And yeah, I don't think it's any coincidence that the conference mm. had only been announced the day before. It's like, oh, look, quick, quick, go now, now. Exactly. We see you, Sunak. Yeah. And I know I've said it before, but he really is a windsock of a man, isn't he? Yeah. And then there was the breaking news from the speech that was shared by The Guardian's Pippa Crea, and she wrote, exclusive. Thousands of asylum seekers could be housed in vessels moored near Newcastle, Harwich, Felixstowe and the Royal London Docks, with two announced today by Rishi Sunak moored near Liverpool and Teesside. So lots of boats, yeah? So writer Nick Pettigrew tweeted, struggling to deal with lots of small boats carrying asylum seekers, why not consolidate those boats into one large, more manageable boat? Exactly. And the conditions on those boats don't look very good either. And thankfully, this is one issue that Labour are much better on, as demonstrated in the next couple of clips. 
So here's Shadow Home Secretary Yvette Cooper's review of Sunak's performance. She shared the clip of herself at the dispatch box with the caption, Sunak flew it over to film a slick video and claim his plan is working. Yet, backlog up, decisions down, hotels up, enforcement still down, costs mm. up and up, and 2023 boat crossings still eight times higher than pre-pandemic. The gap between Tory rhetoric and reality shows they've still got no grip or plan. The Prime Minister claims today he is stopping the boats, but the 7,600 people who've arrived in the last few months alone is three times higher than two years ago and eight times higher than before the pandemic. All of us hope the limited reduction in the winter months compared to last year will be sustained when the weather improves. But criminal gangs have already made an estimated £30 million in the last few months alone from putting lives at risk and undermining our border security as a result of the Conservative failures to go after the gangs. Exactly. So agree, agree, agree. But the thing is, with being in opposition, it's not good enough just to carp on about mm. what the ruling party are doing. You have to have a solution and you have to have what you would do if you were in power. And on this, Labour do have that plan. So here's Labour's Jonathan Ashworth, who is Shadow Secretary of State for Work and Pensions, spelling out what Labour would do. The way to deal with these uh, boat crossings is to go after very vociferously, the people smugglers, the gangsters who are exploiting people. I mean, we've already got gangsters, sort of, that we can't shift, and they're in government, so uh, <laughs> I suppose we are used to them now, aren't we? Anyway, before we move on from the immigration shit show, just a quick one, because our democracy died a little bit more this week, because Suella Braverman, she basically stood up in PMQs, I think she was actually speaking to Yvette Cooper at the time, or certainly answering questions from her. And Suella Braverman told a huge outright lie in Parliament. And this was corrected by full fact. Basically, she claimed that the asylum initial decision backlog is down by a whopping 17,000. And the reality? No. The reality is that the total number of applications awaiting an initial decision has actually gone up. She's literally talking absolute, pure, undiluted horseshit, just lies. And the deputy speaker, who was Eleanor Lang, gave Suella Braverman the opportunity to correct the record. And what Suella Braverman did, she shook her head and she refused. <laughs> and Gemma, that was that. That was that. Wow. No recourse, no consequences. You know, we're screwed. Oh, do you know what? Okay, so time of record today is 7th of June. It's a Wednesday evening. And there was the best bit of radio today. Carol Vorderman was on with James O'Brien for an hour. And she was relaying what she'd learned at a Best for Britain conference. And the reason I've given you all that info of the date is if you want to find it on Catch Up, it's fascinating because they've got this very analytical data into certain constituencies all around the country and how people will vote. And apparently they really are very accurate. So in 2019, they were spot on. They managed to, for instance, predict that Kensington, which is traditionally blue, 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 went, was going to go red and all of this. Now, what's so fascinating and the reason I'm mentioning it is what's come out of their recent analytics is that the Tory party are just getting it all wrong. This idea that everybody is as obsessed as they are with the one issue of the boats, which obviously is a problem for humanitarian reasons, these poor souls, what you do with them and all of that. 
But this idea that everybody feels like them, when in fact, the biggest preoccupation for people is, you know, the fact that they can't afford the bills, the fact Mm. that they're having to sacrifice doing things like taking the kids out at half term because they haven't got any money in their pocket and not being able to get doctor's appointments and so on and so forth. And then the other thing, apparently Sula Braverman, just toxic, absolutely toxic. Like Mm. it's doing nobody any favors apart from perhaps a very extreme fringe of people having her there so mm. great well done swella Brahman. keep at it ruin the tory party don't you know that you're toxic <laughs> yes i do know that she's very toxic <laughs> Honestly, it's just mental just because it's become such a thing, even though like the amount of money that we're hearing, so it's reportedly going to cost £6 billion, this legal migration bill, £6 billion over two years. Mm. Now, I did some sums on this. £7 million a day is what we're spending at the moment to house the migrants, Mm. which is a failure of the Home Office, by the way. If you times that by 365 times two, it's actually less than the £6 billion. So, huh? Tory 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 maths maths. for you again. I know. Anyway, back to money saving, <laughs> right? <laughs> Sunak, that trip to Dover that he took, right? Yeah, Dover yeah. from London. Mm-hmm. So if he was actually abiding by the ministerial code, which includes safeguarding value for our money, taxpayers' money, mm-hmm. he could have caught the 804 AM train from London St Pancras, picked himself up a you know flat white and uh, arrived at the coastal town at 9.12 AM, ready for a day of talking shite. But did he? No, he didn't. He didn't. He took the RAF chopper paid for by us. So have you actually checked the train timetable to get that, Marina? The 804? Someone else checked the train timetable. And the London Economic checked the train timetable. So that's very short because I've seen people going, who cares how he travels? He's the prime minister. He's a very, very busy man. It would be less faff to sit on a train where you can get work done if you're on a helicopter, I've never been on a helicopter, but when I've seen people on telly and helicopters, they're sort of all shouting and they look really mm. windswept mm. and their cheeks are going, oh, 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 oh. I would mm. imagine. <laughs> it's not like that. It's not like that, Gemma. I was on one in Vegas. You can take one into the Grand Canyon. And I thought that my other half at the time was going to propose to me in there. And he got down on one knee. Mm to tie a shoelace and it sent me into the absolute and he didn't propose and he turned out to be a frigging douche so it's all so for, for all, the best yeah, for the best for, for the, the best. best no it's quite you can hold a conversation it's all absolutely fine but anyway okay. uh, what i will say in the defense playing devil's advocate for yeah. balance because we do balance balance, balance yes. is people say it's a security thing so he does the chopper because if he were to go from london to pancras <laughs> then he might get a bit hounded by people who think he's a great big Bellend. <laughs> uh, people like us swearing, going, oh, showing him the finger. <laughs> Would you know? I feel like we've had this conversation before, but what do you actually say if you're confronted with these Tories? Oh, if I was on the same train carriage, yeah, I probably would go up and just say, what are you thinking? Please stop pretending that you think any of this is a good idea. Show us who you are. Have some integrity. I'd try and guilt him into being a nice person. It's not in there. I don't think it's in there. Anyway, so no. back to the chopper paid for by us. At London Economic wrote, he's genuinely never seen a train in his life, has he? And Mr. FB at front bottom two replied, I think the signs were there when he was unable to use contactless or fill up a car at Sainsbury's. And that's a very sensible point from somebody who has chosen the handle front bottom two. (laughs) (laughs) 
Parody Rishi Sunak at Parody underscore PM tweeted, To mark World Environment Day, I used a helicopter to travel 70 miles to Dover, which I could have done by train in an hour. Exactly what his daughters have made of that. Aren't his daughters into like recycling and stuff? He loves to talk about that, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. In fact, they've really taught him a lot. <laughs> right. On now to somebody who has the name Tice, which should be enticing, but he thoroughly is not. So Richard Tice, I'm sure you may well have heard of him. He was the co-chairman of Leave EU. Oh, yes. He was in the Brexit party. Sidebar, he dates Isabel Oakeshott. He now crops up a lot on talk TV with and stands in for Piers Morgan. He's got sort of suave hair. And now he is the leader of reform. And the Reform Party farmed out 500 councillors recently in the local elections and won six. (laughs) (laughs) A roaring success. So that was just money well spent. Anyway, being a bit scathing about him because his vibe is not good people. And okay, Mm. At the heart of what we're talking about, whenever we talk about this stop the boats business and how the Tory party are handling the subject of refugees and immigrants, we have to remember these are human beings. Never have I felt that more acutely as when Richard Tice recently tried to pull some kind of gotcha Mm. and it was one of the most vile things I've ever seen. And in fact, it was you, Marina, who drew my attention to it on Twitter. Anyway, let me describe. So Richard Tice has taken himself to a street in London where refugees are being housed in a couple of hotels. In Firstly, very irresponsible. He gave the name of the street and the name of the hotels. Like, oh, did he? I yes, did not he see did. that. Right, okay. He did, which was disgusting. Mm. Actually, Marina Hyde, this is a, another sidebar, the brilliant writer from The Guardian, she described Richard Tice as a sort of radicalised Daymark catalogue model. I don't know what Daymart is. What's Daymart? I think it's a sort of catalogue. <laughs> so a radicalised, let's say, next catalogue model or something. Okay, got you, got you. So Marina Perkis, our Marina, <laughs> you, tweeted the video and wrote, seriously, Richard, this guy didn't know who you were because in the video, which you're about to hear a clip from, Richard Tice has accosted this refugee who doesn't got a clue who he is, right? Mm. And really tried to sort of catch him out. It's so snide. Marina wrote, he trusted you. You could have asked him why he finds himself sharing a small room with three others away from home. Instead, it looks like you delighted in exploiting him. For what? Low. Take a listen. Wi-Fi is a good or bad Wi-Fi? Shocking. I'm so sorry. You have bad Wi-Fi. That's not good, is it? If you've got bad Wi-Fi. And uh, how long have you been here? You've been on the streets here for how many days? Two days. Two days. People, yeah, 40, 40 people. 40 people. 4-0, yeah. Right. Staying this road. You know, yeah. it's very bad. Many people sick. And one of them, they go to hospital. Yeah. He goes sick, cold. He goes sick and yeah, cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so where, where was home for you? Where have you come from? Um, come from, yeah. You come from Iraq. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've been here how many years? Two years. You've been here two years living in uh, Ilford in Essex. Okay. And who's been paying for you? You get you get a weekly um, allowance? They, they, the, the government give you a little bit of weekly money, is that right? Give £8 for one week. And in here, this area, everything is expensive. Everything's expensive, yes. Yeah, I'm so sorry about that. It's central London. It's it's an expensive city. It's one of the nothing. biggest. You for can't, one week, yeah, £8. You, so you get £8 a week, yeah, yeah. plus food, 
plus accommodation. You get free Wi-Fi, but the Wi-Fi is a bit slow. I'm sorry about that. Uh, we'll try and see if we can help. And uh, you've been here two years. And who's been paying for this? Yeah, it just made me sick when I saw that. And in fact, Gemma and I were voice noting. And I was literally going around the supermarket. I had my little one with me. And I was just going, I just can't believe he's done this. And Gemma just came back with a voice note. And I said, I really like that voice note. I think you've summed it up perfectly. And I was like, I'm going to put it in the trawl. So here it is for your listening pleasure. A glimpse into our private comms. I would go further than that with that young chap from Iraq. It made me want to howl. Imagine fleeing Iraq. Iraq that we have fucking bombed the shit out of. God knows what horrors he fled. And he has spent two years, a young man, eight pounds a fucking week, just absolutely immobilised, ignored, left to rot, having to share a room with strangers like he's a criminal. It's disgusting. You know, we don't know what skill set he's got. He should be working. He should have money in his pocket. And, you know, what the are we doing as a country and yeah it was really my heart went out to him i just felt sorry for him tice is such a slippery yeah we'll stop that one there because <laughs> Gemma's language got progressively worse such a lady all that proves to everybody is that when i'm talking to you i'm like a sailor <laughs> you, you do f and jeff <laughs> i was so cross i was so cross and if ever there was a justifiable swear it was then because I, mm. I did mean that i think Tice's sort of attempts to, I don't know, shame just completely backfired. Just left everybody feeling really sorry for anybody who's living like that. And furthermore, everybody, prior to this horrific clip being viewed on Twitter, I was asked to debate with him about Brexit. And it was all really blooming last minute. But I said yes. <laughs> well done. I'm glad you did. Taking my lead from Marina, trying to be brave like she is. I was like, all right, go on then. <laughs> <laughs> and went in. And yeah, it was all right. It was all right. The thing is, it's like, he is a politician. So I was like, oh, Christ, you know, I bet I'm going to have all my facts at my fingertips. But yeah, I had to go. You did. And you did really well. In fact, Sangeeta Miska from LBC, she tweeted about it. She said, great clip from Gemma Forte in which she establishes a link between Brexit and the rise in sewage in our waterways. And you did. Have a listen. The money I don't to trust make those getting rid of regulations. I actually like um, good food standards, good healthy, good health and safety standards. So, and, and do you like And I like clean cookies? water as well, like the EU Clean Water Directive, which now, you know, they can just pour raw sewage into do. our waters. But we had sewage going into our waters before we Brexit. We did a bit, but not because as much. Of, because and we of could the get appalling the... behaviour of our privatised water companies that agree? I want to nationalise. Agree, agree, agree. You but... see, I'm getting you there. You're coming my no, way, Gemma. No, I won't be voting <laughs> for your party. But also, what about the chemicals that we use to get in the short time supply chains that cleaned the water before it went into we can the get thing. Them from, we can make them ourselves. We can get them yeah, from but all we over the world. But we don't. But and we again, that do. is a Brexit benefit is in our water. And so that's not something yeah, I think got, is particularly great either. And that wasn't on the side it of a bus. <laughs> Very good, Gemma. Very good. <laughs> I even swore there. <laughs> you did. You are a potty mouth. Absolute potty mouth. You're potty pee, not potty mouth. That's my new <laughs> name for Marina is potty pee, podcast partner. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, do you think we ticed enough? Do you think we enticed tice? I think we're ticed out. Yeah, I think we're ticed out. Right, Marina, are you ready to be a tiny little bit sick in your mouth? <laughs> oh, we just ticed. So yeah, I think I was, but uh, go for it. 
because it is time to examine Holly Willoughby's post-Schofield leaving statement. I mean, wowzers. But first, did you see the editor of this morning, Martin Frizzell, being doorstepped by a Sky reporter? Because this was extraordinary. Martin was asked if there was a toxic work environment. And this was his slightly So you've got two levels going on there. You've got, and by the way, the vegetable aubergine, 100% I'm with you, but that's because we've got Italian blood, right? Italians mm-hmm. love aubergines. But mm. also, don't mention aubergine when you're in the middle of a sort of inappropriate <laughs> workplace sex scandal. <laughs> I just thought, all the veg. <laughs> all the veg. You should have said, I don't know, something really like broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> John Nicholson, by the way, had something to say on this whole Holly and Phil matter. So John Nicholson is an MP for the SNP and he's also Shadow Culture Secretary. And he was deeply unimpressed, actually. And he had this to say during a grilling of ITV on their conduct by a cross-party committee. What do you make about the bullying allegations that we've heard uh, over the last week? Uh, we have a set of policies around bullying, <coughs> bullying and harassment at work. And clearly, it's unaccept- bullying is unacceptable. Now, we all saw yesterday that surreal performance by the editor of the programme, who, when he was being asked by a reporter from Sky about bullying on the programme, started talking about aubergines. It was surreal and bizarre. I think most people watching that would have thought, this is the person who's responsible for safeguarding young staff. He's being outrageously dismissive and flippant on camera about an immensely serious issue. I wouldn't like to have been a young staffer going and talking to that editor about bullying, given that that's the way he treats the subject matter on camera in public. I mean, I don't think anyone should be fired for saying we're talking about aubergines. No, no. And I guess Martin Frizzell is under an extreme amount of pressure. Have you noticed that John Nicholson says issue in the same way that Rory Stewart does? I think the more expensive your education, the more you pronounce the double S like that. Issue, issue. I was always thinking it's issue, like with an H in it, you know, issue, Mm. issue. Anyway, uh, yeah, tweet us. What do you think? Issue, issue. (laughs) Does it matter? <laughs> right, so that's that. And then, of course, there was the Holly Willoughby statement. And I think we're going to have to do this in bits. So oh, here's God. the first bit. <laughs> right, deep breath. Firstly, are you okay? I hope so. Yeah, I'm fine, thanks, Holly. Uh, why would <laughs> I not be? <laughs> really, really dodgy that bit, wasn't it? Oh, cringe. It was such a completely bad start sorry and also can i just say i suspect um a deep breath and and was probably written on the autocue that's how manufactured i found the whole thing there was a tweet from at sarcastic tvat who said no holly will it be i'm not effing okay it's my first day back after a week off the kids at home with me due to an inset day and the dog's got the shit so i'm absolutely not okay you (laughs) me twat (laughs) 
David Badil at Badil wrote, When Holly Willoughby said, firstly, are you okay? I genuinely thought she was talking to someone behind camera before realising that, of course, she was talking to us. The great British deeply traumatised by everything that's happened on an ITV morning show, public. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Molly Goodfellow at Hans Molman wrote, That this morning clip was very children's TV after a big natural disaster, wasn't it? It was. Can I? Okay, look. I'm not claiming to know everything in life, but can I do what I would have done if I was her that I think would have been better? So first of all, I wouldn't have had it on the autocue and I would have done, and this is off the top of my head, so if it's really crap, I'm going to look like a right idiot now, but I would have done something like, morning, well, as you know, it's been a bit of a week here. My goodness me. But do you know what? I think everything's been said that needs to be said. So I'm just going to get on with the show. Yeah. Surely that's all that was bloody required, rather than that sort of like. Ugh. And don't you think as well, even the choice that the wardrobe wearing that almost like virginal white dress that was all part of the uh, theatre of it all. Oh, hundred percent. But also, no shade, right? Because you know, I, I don't know the lady and everything. But Holly Willoughby is like she's one of those girls. I bet at school, I bet she was always Virgin Mary. I bet she played you know, centre in netball. 100%. Yeah. I played centre like... at netball, but I was never anywhere near Mary. Never. Yeah. I was too like brunette and chubby, <laughs> big eyebrows. You were eating pots of Marmite. I keep thinking about that from the last episode. I sort of was actually found myself wondering about that in bed the other night. I must ask <laughs> her about that. I wasn't at school when I did that. I was I was working in like Iron Appa for Club 1830. That was it la- last week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, on, on with Holly. Here's the next bit. I imagine that you might have been feeling a lot like I have. Shaken, troubled, let down worried for the well-being of people on all sides of what's been going on and full of questions. You, me and all of us at This Morning gave our love and support to someone who was not telling the truth, who acted in a way that they themselves felt that they had to resign from ITV and step down from a career that they loved. That is a lot to process. I mean, no, Holly. Do you know, do you know what's a lot to process? Mm. The framing, the framing of this whole saga. <laughs> Hugh Smithson Wright at HR Wright tweeted, Jesus wept. Two consenting adults effed, who probably shouldn't have, fibbed about it and got caught out. One quit his job. You'd think from this that Schofield had gone on a shooting spree, killed 16 people and burned down a church and taken a dump on Captain Tom's grave. <laughs> oh. Lucy Ford at Lucy J Ford wrote, I for one love to be talked to like a child who's just learnt their family pet has been sent to a farm. But that was definitely the vibe, wasn't it? <laughs> totally. And then Paul Bassett Davies at The Writer Type tweeted, If you missed Holly Willoughby's very personal and sincere television message to you and millions of others, you can replicate the warm feelings of healing and comfort it brought to so many of us by gazing at a fish tank full of rotting giblets while sandpapering your teeth. Oh. And what we'll do, Holly, we'll put you in white. That's what we're thinking. Because you're <laughs> innocent. White equals innocence. Yeah. Oh, I mean, for God's sake. Red. Put her in red. <laughs> yeah. Put her in bloody red with some devil horns. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Daytime telly madness. So, look, thank you so much for listening. Please do that thing where you send us to a few friends. Share the love, share the love. And uh, we're going to leave you now with a pudding that we think is just, we were both delighted by this. We think it's spot on for this episode. It was posted by Lauren at Lauren Newark One with the words, only thing that comes to mind after watching Holly and Phil's apologies. 
So you know it's an old sketch from Armstrong and Miller where they and another actor are dressed as Blue Peter presenters. Enjoy. Hello. Now you may have already heard in the news about something which happened to us recently. While we were on our summer expedition to Madagascar, it turned out that Jason's fiancée had become very good friends with a Derby County footballer. <laughs> we wanted to cheer Jason up, so we took him to a special dancing club to watch some dancing. We hadn't realised how special the dancing club actually was. There was a rule in force that we weren't allowed to touch the dancers. But because of all the grown-up drinks we'd had, Jason forgot that rule. Jason forgot the rule a few times. And the big man had to hurt my fingers. While this was happening, another of the dancers recognised me from the BBC World Channel, where I host a weekly programme about films. She took me to a special room at the back of the club to see if I could help her get a job in the media. Alistair was giving her a lot of help, but while he was doing this, one of her friends came in and took some photographs. This man wanted me to pay him a lot of money for the photographs, and I thought this was unfair. I got cross, and while I was explaining to him how I felt, I accidentally bit him on the nose. <laughs> quite hard. And I now realise that this was wrong. We'd like to say sorry to you, because when these mistakes happened, we let you down. Jason, you've been to Dundee to see a new museum all about cake. That's right. 